Believe in yourself, cause it starts with you, and then everyone else will believe you too. And if it looks like you're the only believer around, just keep on believing, don't put yourself down, just believe. Our guest this week grew up in Midland, Michigan, and majored in sociology and law enforcement, and earned a BS degree from Northern Michigan University. Since 1998, she's been the executive director of the Reese Endeavor of Midland, a community program providing homes for individuals with special needs. And since 2009, she's been the mayor of Midland, Michigan, and the first woman to serve in this capacity. Her name, Maureen Donker, and we're honored to have her as a guest. And I'm Jack Crisula, and this is Anything is Possible on News Talk 760 WJR. I'm Jack Rasula. This is Anything is Possible. And we're talking to the mayor of Midland, Michigan, the first lady to hold this office for the last 12 years, Maureen Donker. Maureen, welcome. I'm honored to have you. Thank you. I was honored to be invited today. Can we start by talking about your childhood and your mom and your dad, please? Sure. Well, I grew up in Midland primarily. I was actually born in this little town called Fisherville, just outside of Midland on a farm. Um, so I'm a farm girl. Uh, my parents, I'm one of six. I'm the second of six. Um, and, you know, I think I learned a lot from my parents. They were um, hard workers. My mom was a nurse. My dad farmed and worked for Dow. He was actually the only farmer in the ag department at Dow. So, you know, I grew up hoeing beans um, with the migrants at, on our farm. And, you know, um, and I think that I, I guess I learned a lot from my mom and dad. I think the importance of hard work, the importance of giving back to the community, the importance of faith in, in my life, in their life, and, um, you know, and just feeling grateful. Those were some of the main things I learned from them. What's the first thing you remember about working on the farm? Well, it, it was, sometimes it was really hard. I mean, it was hard. Um, I would say that, um, but it was fun because you were always doing it with someone else. So I was, I think the first thing on the farm was when we were little, my dad would be working and he'd be out in the tractor and my sister and I would be about four years old and we would take lunch out to my dad. And he, he would, you know, sit there on the tractor and, we, and then he'd put us on his lap and drive us back to the house. I think that's one of my favorite memories of that. And, um, but it was, you know, it was something that we were always doing with someone else. So it was with my siblings or my cousins or neighbor kids, and then we'd all go out to the farm, and it was, you know, kind of a, a fun thing to do. As you started your college career, you were going to major in nursing. Yeah. Some would say you're nursing today. <laughs> uh, but then you changed to sociology and law enforcement. How and why? Well, I think I wanted to be a nurse because my mother was a nurse. And it was always, you know... Um, was always a, I felt that was a way to get back, give back. Um, I realized that it was not my strong suit. Um, but for me, the concept of doing something that impacts other people's lives was, was really very important to me. And so that's why I just, um, I was taking, you know, um, elective classes in sociology and I found that I really liked it. I learned a lot about people in general from that. And I just felt it was a way 
you know, that I could um, be engaged and do something meaningful um, in my career. All right. You graduated from Northern Michigan University. And then speaking of career, one of the first things you did was you went to work for a bank, the bank in Midland, Chemical Bank. Talk about that five-year chapter. Well, that was that was really a great five years of my life. So first of all, you know, I graduated from college. I was poor. I needed a job. I really felt that I had to go and get um, more, more education, but I needed to save some money to do that. So I worked at Chemical Bank, and I think you know, what I learned from that was an appreciation for my mom and dad, because sometimes, you know, when you're in your teens, early 20s, you kind of think, you know, you, you know everything. And what I realized was so much of what my parents taught me were things that carried over into my into my work environment. And I finally felt like I was getting it, to be honest with you. Um, All right. Speaking of uh, learning things, there was a Mr. Ott at the bank. Uh, Yes. who kind of took you under his wing. Tell us about a great man, Mr. Ott. What an amazing, I mean, he's an amazing man. Um, he expected a lot from you, from employees, and he, he let you know that, which was great. And, you know, and you wanted, you, um, you wanted to, to, to please him. I think you really wanted to work for, hard for him, and he recognized that in people. So when I was at the bank for the five years that I was there, um, you know, he moved me from the teller line to, to the um, loan department. And then in the loan department, um, from there, he put me in what was called personnel at that time. And that's what really changed me, I think, was being in the personnel or what now we call human resources. And it, that was a great opportunity to learn. And I think he had high expectations, but he also, you know, rewarded you for, for doing things, you know, well. And so I certainly, you know, appreciated that. In him. And I also saw, you know, one of the things he expected of all of us was to give back to our communities. And so we would be, you know, out there volunteering in the community. And I think that that really um, encouraged my community engagement. He was a wonderful man and I learned a lot from him. And he's done a lot in Midland, Michigan, for sure. All right. Speaking of personnel HR, in 1983, you joined Northwood. I did. And you're going to go there to set up their human resources department. I did. Talk about that from 83 to 91. Talk about that chapter. Well, that, that was really, you know, a, that was really a surprise. I'll be honest with you. Um, because I was serving as the director of the Voluntary Action Center at that point in time. I had left Chemical Bank. I thought, you know, I have a degree in sociology. Maybe I should do things, um, you know, in the social work field. And the individual who was the chairperson of the board um, was the direct was the vice president of finance at Northwood, and he had called me and he said, "Maureen, I'm looking for an HR person," and I, you know, thought he was kind of looking for a volunteer. I wasn't sure where he's coming. He no, he said, "I want to know if you would come and talk to us about, you know, working at Northwood." And so it's not something that I had planned in my life, but it was for me. It was like this opportunity has presented itself. I need to be open to that, and so I said. You know, sure. And it was a wonderful, I had a wonderful career at Northwood. I learned a lot. I learned a lot about, you know, free enterprise. Um, I learned a lot about people and setting up systems. Um, I learned a lot about insurance, which was really, you know, very important to me moving forward, which I didn't realize at that time, but it's certainly helped me um, in, in lots of different ways. So um, being at Northwood, it was fun being with students. It was fun creating things. Um, I had the opportunity to take some more classes. 
and I, and I certainly worked with some amazing people while I was there. We're talking to Maureen Donker, who's an expert and a role model of how to seize unexpected opportunities, unexpected challenges, have the courage to do our best and be successful. And I'm Jack Rasul, and this is Anything is Possible on News Talk 760 WJR. Welcome back to Anything is Possible. I'm your host, Jack Rasula, and we're with Maureen Donker. For the last 23 years, since 1998, she's been the executive director of the Reese Endeavor of Midland. Maureen, tell us about that miracle. Well, why I was at Northwood, I met my husband, and we um, got married and have two children, and one of our our son um, has autism. And um, I had left, I'd left Northwood because I thought I really needed to be at home more, you know, with, with my kids. And um, I even changed in between that and went back to work for a while, but realized I just couldn't do that. And the recent endeavor was um, I had volunteered for community mental health and I had met some people and they were looking for a director and I was looking for something that was part-time because I needed to manage work and my home, my home life also. And so this presented itself and I thought, okay, I think obviously here's this opportunity. I think I need to do this because not only can I help my son by doing this, but hopefully I can help others by creating housing opportunities for people with special needs here in England. So for me, it's been something that um, has allowed me to build an organization, and hopefully, it's well, I think we're impacting people's lives, and I'm hoping my son someday will be living um, on his own in, independently in Midland also. Your son, John, is 40 years old now? Not quite 40. <laughs> not, quite, not quite. He's going to be 31 at the end of this month. I'm sorry. All right. Oh. Um, in 1928, one of the biggest figures in the last century was the French president, Charles de Gaulle. And in 1928, he and his wife had a daughter named Anne who had Down syndrome. And back then that was a no-no, you know, put them away, hide them. But he did the opposite. And he was extremely proud of her. He took her everywhere. I wanna quote a couple of things from de Gaulle. For me, this child is a grace She's my joy. She helps me to look beyond all the failures and honors and always to look higher. Another thing he said about her was, without Anne, I could never perhaps have done what I did. She gave me the heart and inspiration. As I've had people on the show these last 16 years, Maureen, with special needs children, they come to refer to them as their angel, their teacher, their gift from God. How is that? Well, I certainly did not think that initially when we realized what was going on. And, you know, I do, I have come to realize this, that, you know, you don't get to choose what happens, but you do get to choose how you react to it. And I think that John has definitely been a gift to Norm and I. 
um, in so many, in so many ways, in so many ways. Um, Pete, we found it, you know, he has a wonderful little sense of humor. He, um, he is, he never forgets a thing, which I wish he would sometimes forget a few things, <laughs> but he, but he keeps reminding me of things that I, that I should be doing and things that in some ways he's very childlike, um, but he's also very, um, he, in that not forgetting a thing, he doesn't make mistakes, um, which is very interesting because he has a job. He is the first first employee that Dow hired that did not have a high school degree because he likes repetition and he can do things very well. And so some jobs that are, are hard to fill um, because they're so repetitive, John has this great job there. And um, that's been a wonderful thing for him and for us. So I think that it has helped me um, understand the challenges that people face and the importance that everyone, everyone you know, everyone makes a difference. And I can see that in John and I can see that in the people that we serve. And I see that in the people that I get the opportunity to work with that care so much about creating futures, you know, for, for everyone. And for in Midland, we have a vision that we want to be a place where everyone thrives. And when we say that, everyone, we really mean everyone. So I think John has, you know, opened my eyes to something that I that I might not have um, seen before. And I am so grateful for that. It's been, it's been, um, I don't, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing if it wasn't for him. We're talking to Maureen Donker, a very proud mom. And uh, as she wipes the tears from her cheeks about the pride she has in her son and her daughter. All right. Speaking of opportunities, in November of 2007, you are elected council person for the second ward in the city of Midland. How did that ever come about? Well, I think it goes back to my mom and dad. Certainly, you know, again, they you know, taught me the importance of giving back and of serving. So I, I learned that from them. I also, you know, I, I'm a Catholic, product of Catholic schools, and that was one service to others was something Again, you know, we learned there about the importance of giving back and helping others. So I've been involved in lots of things in Midland. One of the things that I had not been involved in, my husband was an elected official. And when he was um, no longer in office in Midland, I thought, you know, maybe um, city council is something that I would like to engage in. So I, I threw my hat in the ring, so to speak, and um, was elected. And it's been a, it's been a great thing wonderful experience for me and an opportunity to, um, you know, help create a place where, you know, everyone, everyone thrives and people want to live. All right. Two years later, November 9th, 2009, you find out you've been elected the mayor of Midland. How did that come about? Well, one of the things that, um, you know, our city council, we're a council manager form of government. So we have, um, you know, one of the one of our employees is our city manager, and we have, you know, we have an HR responsibility responsibility for those for our employees. And so I, with my background in human resources, I just thought that, you know, I could bring a, maybe a different perspective to that. So um, our city council, the mayor is elected by their fellow council members, and they elected me mayor because I think that they saw that, you know, I um, followed through on what I say I'm going to do, and that um, I could bring some uh, different level of expertise to that job. 
So it, it's been a wonderful thing for me. A little, um, a little scary when, you know, when I first started out. Um, but I've thoroughly enjoyed um, being in this role. I asked you, what do you do as the mayor of Midland? And I quote you now. I represent the people who work for the people of Midland. Explain. Well, there are, cities have, I would say, two forms of government, a strong mayor form of government or a council manager form of government. Midland has a council manager form of government and we hire an expert to run our city. My job is to be the face of the city to the public. And I can tell you, we have an incredible team at the city. And they work so hard to make so many things happen. And it's not been an easy road for us. Let me, let me tell you that. Um, so my goal, so for me, I see how hard they do and how engaged they are and how important it is that they do, that how much they care about what they do. So I want to make sure that I tell that story, tell that story to everyone who, you know, is out there listening and understands um, how, you know, what kind of job that is, because you're out there, you know, our folks are out there working very hard and, you know, sometimes take some unnecessary criticism, sometimes, like all things, you know, you can always be better, but they're an amazing group of people and I want to represent them the best I possibly can. And the leader is Brad Kay, it the city is. manager, who runs the city with this people. You are paid the exorbitant salary, Maureen, of $6,400 per year. So if you work 100 hours, okay, that's 64 bucks an hour. You're working 30, 40, 50 hours a week selling this city. Why do you do it? Your husband, Norm, says, honey, well, I'm spending more on outfits and jewelry for you than you're making. Yeah, I say it's a good thing our children are older because I probably wouldn't be able to afford childcare. But with that said, it is an opportunity to really to give back and help and to help, to help make a difference in our community, which has, I think, you know, I am very proud of Midland. I, I, there was a program that the, before I ran, it was called Citizens Academy. It was the first time that they that they did that, which was in 2007. And I thought, ooh, I'm not just gonna throw my hat in the ring. I might need to make sure I know what I'm getting into. And I learned, you know, it was getting up close and personal with your city. And I learned about our history and about all the different departments. And I just wanna say that, you know, I love living here, but after you really learn about how it runs, it's, it's an amazing organization and they do an amazing job. And I'm sure other communities you know, I'm hoping there's people like me in other communities that are so proud of, you know, their cities and the things that they do there, too. But it's I, I love the people who work at the city and I, I love our community. If you want to learn more, www.cityofmidlandmi.gov. When we come back, we're going to go back 20 months, almost to the day, to May 19th, 2020. And I'm Jack Rasool, and this is Anything is Possible on News Talk 760 WJR. This is Anything is Possible. I'm your host, Jack Rasulo. We're with Maureen Dunker, the mayor of Midland. May 19th, 2020. 
And Midland has gotten 4.7 inches of rain in a 48-hour period. Maureen, what happened? The, the worst happened in that we had two dams that were breached. And it was, um, you know, it was just something, it was just something you um, would hope would, nev would never happen, would never happen. Um, and so for Midland, certainly it, it was a d disaster of phenomenal proportions. And, you know, we have a little village just outside of Midland called Sanford. It's right on Sanford Lake. Literally, that little village was completely wiped out. Certainly, people's homes in Midland, people lost their homes. Um, we did not lose one life during that disaster. Not one. Which is, you know, phenomenal when you hear of these natural disasters that occur. So I think that goes and speaks to the strength and the preparedness of um, the community and, and the folks that work here that, you know, how hard they work together. And that was, I think that that was the, um, certainly an amazing thing is how the whole community came together. And so Midland came together, Midland County came together, our state wrapped their arms around us. And we heard from people across the country, you know, who re reached out to help us. 10,000 people from Midland were forced to evacuate. Um, walk us through, paint a picture, tell us a few stories of those first few days, Maureen. So on Monday night, we had had a city council meeting. You know, it was raining. We, things were beginning. We planned for, you know, rain events. We knew it was raining. Um, we had had a flood in 2017. Actually, we were just finishing. You know, we were still recovering from that. Um, and on Tuesday night, you know, the first dam, the first dam went and, and it was like all hands on deck. I, I was going door to door in my neighborhood, um, in my ward, you know, evacuating people, you know, and I think, you know, some folks, they hadn't really been paying that attention at, at that level. So we saw a lot of people, you know, um, all of a sudden in, in, in a panic mode and, so that really, that I think that Tuesday night when we were evacuating people, definitely that that was really scary because we weren't sure, you know, what was going to happen. You know, after that, you know, we set up a place, uh, the school where we were going to um, house people that may have been impacted by this. It was impacted. We had to completely change um, the location of where people were going to stay. So it went from one high school to a different, um, to the other high school on the other side of town. Our superintendent of schools and his wife manned that all night. He called in his board members and they came, they didn't have, when I got there the next morning, they had no, you know, very few beds, no pillows um, for folks. You could see there was individuals who had been evacuated from nursing homes who were so, you know, very scared and alone. And I mean, that experience itself was incredibly impactful to me. And so what we saw was our superintendent, you know, doing a phenomenal job out there, bringing in his team. They reached out to the CMU School of Medicine. We got, we got beds, we got pillows, we got blankets. We had people bringing in water, food. You know, we weren't even sure what we were going to feed them. And come the next day when I was there, I had to have my temperature taken before I could get in the door. There was medical students there. And of course, we're in the middle of COVID. And in, in addition to being in, in a flood, 
And I had seen this one senior woman who looked so, who was so frail and looked so alone the day before. And the next day she had a one-on-one person who was with her all the time, making sure that she was okay. And I just think that that was such a beautiful experience and such an amazing way to see how your community can really work together. And then of course, we had, we had to find volunteers that were, were going out to um, help people assess the damages in their home. We had groups come from across the state that were helping people you know, tear the drywall out of their homes, get their things out of their home. And I can't, I had, it's hard to describe it, Jack, when you see everyone's possessions out on the curb. And some people, they had just come through the flood of 2017 and just had rebuilt and then were completely destroyed again. That was heartbreaking. Five weeks ago, December 10th, the tornado ripped through the six states. The town of Mayfield, Kentucky, Bowling Green, Kentucky, obliterated. If there is somebody listening from one of those cities, talk to them about, give them hope of how their town will be rebuilt. I would say, breathe, breathe for a second. And don't give up hope because people will continue to be there for you. That you will see the gift of the people in your own community and the amazing kindness of people from around the country. And they will wrap their arms around you and be there for you. People you never anticipated hearing from, you'll hear from them. All right, let's talk about Northwood University. Sure. Um, Fabulous place, 1,200 students. It's America's free enterprise university. It takes no direct federal money or state money, any type of funding. What makes it so special? Oh, certainly the philosophy on which it's built makes it special. Um, but it's the, it's the faculty and staff there. Um, they have evolved and changed definitely over the years. They have a great president, Kent McDonald, right now. They have a great team of people. I think that, um, you know, they are Midlands University. We're their city. They have these great, bright kids um, who just want to go out there and make a difference. So I think that the students, the students come there and, you know, they get a, a great, a great education and they go out and they do great things. All right. They do out, go out and do great things. Um, every freshman that shows up on day one, they put their, you know, luggage down, whatever, do. and they're taken immediately to downtown Midland. Yes, they Why? are. Why? Why? Well, I, I, I laugh about that because that was not my college experience. But I, there's, they say, this is now your town. You're living here. This is your town. This is your city. So you're going to go to school here. But you also need to make a difference in the places where you live. And we're going to help you learn that. Not just get a great degree, but you're going to also learn how to give back. And I think that is one of the things that Northwood does that I don't know it's done any place else. So they come, they show them their downtown, they say, hey, look, we're going to take you. And if your family's here with you, you're going to experience some of our restaurants. You're going to see what they have to offer. And hopefully you're going to engage in different, in different ways in 
while you're here for the next four years. We have to shout out to Dr. Kent McDonald, Dr. Kristen Stehauer, Andy Kripe, Jeff Reckaway, many, many others. Fabulous. Many. Now, let me just say something about Kristen Stehauer also, because she has brought some wonderful things to our community. So we are working on the Baldridge Community of Excellence um, project right now, and that is because of her. And I think she is, you know, she's a wonderful example of showing how the community, how the college, the university engages with the community. And she's really helping us be a much better place to live. And so are you, Maureen. And I'm Jack Prisula, and this is Anything is Possible on News Talk 760 WJR. Jack Krizula, host of WJR's Anything is Possible, the weekly radio visit, brings his 15 years of inspirational storytelling to hardcover. With God, anything is possible. Anything is possible. 15 of Jack's more than 750 tales of defeating odds and achieving the extraordinary. Like Bob Woodruff, whose job covering the war in Iraq nearly cost him his life. And Nick Vujicic, the limbless evangelist who has stunned millions with his message of acceptance and grace. With God, anything is possible. Order now while signed copies are still available at trustinusllc.square.site. That's trustinusllc.square.site. And as Jack says, make it a great week because with God, anything is possible. Spohol. I'm Jack Rasula. This is Anything is Possible. We're talking to the mayor of Midland, Michigan, Maureen Donker. Maureen, the pride of Midland is amazing. Everyone is very proud of Midland. What do you put in the water over there, Mary? Maureen? Well, I, I think this is part of our history. I really think it's part of our history. So if you understand, if you, so first, you know, we had Native, we had our Native Americans, then we had the lumbering industry that came and, you know, and they were here until they had cut down all the trees. And then it was, well, you know, what's next? Well, this gentleman by the name of Herbert Dow came to Midland and he started a company here. And that, and that's when we really began to grow. So as the Dow Chemical Companies started, they were not just building a business. They were also trying to create a, they were building a place where they all wanted to live. And so I, I think that that ability to work with one another, that sense of collaboration, I think that's one of our strengths is that we work very well um, with our businesses here in Midland. And we realize that we all have a, a role to play, but that is because it's, that's because that's who we are. That's what, when we began to grow. So people were working at the company and also giving back to the community. So for example, there was a, a drowning incident. Well, they were like, we cannot have this happen. So then the community back in the day, so they started teaching swimming lessons down in the river because they didn't want this ever to happen again. So we, we learn from the things, you know, we learn from one another and we learn from the things that we need and we work hard to create those, co-create those. And I think that is the beauty of living in Midland. Because sometimes you can go and live in a community and you can just live there. Here, you get to create the kind of place that you want to live. And for me, that is incredibly exciting. And I know that's exciting for others. 
because you can see that in the amount of giving back that happens in our community. Dow is a United Nations. Uh, their team has people from Hong Kong, Germany, Taiwan, Texas, Beijing, Brazil. It's a United Nations. Some of the things they've, that Dow Chemical has given us is saran wrap, Ziploc plastic bags, spray and wash stain stick. Tell us a little bit about how special Dow is. There, well, you know, I'm my father was a Dow employee. And so he, I, I, I know, you know, I know how, how much pride he had in this company. My brother actually, you know, works for Dow and one of the companies that's a farm, which is their egg business, is a spinoff that's now called Corteva. I think Dow really is an amazing partner with our community. They challenge us and they and they work side by side with us. And their folks are out in the community giving back. We have a place called the Arnold Center. It supports individuals with special needs in the business arena. They have people there, you know, working and giving back all the time. We have, you know, flowers down Eastman Avenue. They're a major player in that, helping us create, you know, a, the kind of place we want to live. And they are leading the way, I think, in, you know, for businesses. I, you know, the present leader of the company is an, is an amazing man, and he's so approachable, and people you know, love him. It's not like it's, they're one of our community partners. They're working alongside all of us to make sure this is the kind of place um, that we that we want to be, for sure. If you want to learn more about Maureen Donker in Midland, www.cityofmidlandmi.gov. Speaking of Dow leaders, Bill Stavropoulos, mm -hmm. special. He led Dow from 95 to 2000, then he returned in 2002, he has a love for baseball. So he led an effort to raise 38 million bucks to build the Dow Diamond, the Great Lakes Loons, which is a class A team of the LA Dodgers. Tell us about the Loons and Mr. Stavropoulos, please. So I am not a sports person. I have to be honest about it. And I have to say how wrong I am. Because, and I confess that openly, that I was not sure what a baseball team was going to do for us. But I can tell you that it has been a catalyst for growth in our downtown. Its presence there has been an attraction for more businesses in our downtown. It's been amazing. It's, I mean, amazing. So we have had more than $65 million invested in our downtown since our Loon Stadium. It has been People volunteer there. They love it. It creates, it's a family environment. It has been an amazing gift to our community. And you're right. Bill, that was the Bill Stavropoulos taking his passion, his love, and, you know, working to help create a, a, a beautiful community for, you know, a more beautiful community for Midland to be. Um, he's, so he's an amazing man. I met with him because I wanted to talk about imagination. I was... Um, going to be part of this study on imagination. And I thought, I, I don't know how much imagination I have. Who is, who is one of the most imaginative people I can think of? Well, it was Bill Stavropoulos. So I just, I thought, who, who decides they want to become, you know, leave a company and then build a baseball club? So it was a wonderful conversation with him. And they have, he, he has been engaged in the community ever since he came to work at Dow. 
and he is engaged today. And it's a wonderful thing to see someone who built, who create, who has a career here and continues to give back even when they, after they've retired. It's an amazing thing. And it's an, a wonderful example I, to all of us, you know, who work here that um, they, they that importance of giving back. I think he's, a, he's an amazing man who has done that for, for us and created something very special. Bill, if you're listening, here's a one, a one lady PR department for you that you couldn't top. Um, Maureen, thanks a million for all you've done for Midland, for the Reese and Deborah Center, and just for all the people around you. Well, Jack, you know, it scared me to death when you invited me to be on your show. My gosh, but having lunch with you and our conversation, you said, Maureen, we're gonna have a conversation. Oh, okay, okay. And I want to say thank you because I think that lots of people make a difference in this world. And you um, certainly do, sir. God bless. And thank you for all that you do. Please join us next Saturday. Until then, I'm Jack Prasula. Thanks for listening and make it a great week because with God, anything is possible. Spawn. Believe in yourself.